Eight past twelve, Harrison 927, Big V Racing. Dan Malecki joins me now. How are you, Dan? I'm very well, thank you. Sean, what about you? Oh, I'm good. We've uh, we've had a, a week of racing, haven't we? We've had it everywhere. And Tabcorp Melton on, uh, well, it wasn't Christmas Eve, the night before, by G, 12 of the best out there. And uh, the Emma Stewart camp, seven out of the 12. Yeah, probably no uh, surprise, I think. There was uh, an, at least once, maybe even twice, where uh, Emma prepared eight winners on, on Vic Bread night back when they were running in July. So there's no... Uh, surprise there, but uh, the depth in, in one of the races to qualify at nine into the final, mm. and, and again, uh, it's not unprecedented from from her, but uh, right across the board uh, has got key numbers and, and a lot of chances to win Group 1s on New Year's Eve. And I started to look back, and I think she's gone one better, and that was about April this year, Launceston, nine out of ten. That's right. Well, that was the record, and that was also the night that Mark Pitt drove all of those, and he set a driving record of nine uh, winners as well, um, which is quite extraordinary. And the, there was one other race on the card, uh, and it was four local horses. Yep. Uh, so horses that were trained in Tassie. So that's why Emma couldn't win that one. <laughs> so basically 100% strike rate on the night. On the night, yeah, and there was one race she had two runners and uh, she ran one, two, which is quite extraordinary in itself. You often think of uh, some of the races that are coming up, the Vic Bread finals, and she'll have a number of runners uh, in a final. But that night in Launceston, it was pretty much just one horse per race, bar the feature. She had two and she ran one, two. Goodness me. Well, let's look back at uh, the meeting last week because we're heading towards uh, Saturday. The first there was the two-year-old Colts and Gellings, their first semi-final. The three in the market, Blake Bolak, rock artist on Hugo, basically trifected the race. Yeah, well, Blake Bolak, as it turned out, was the best back runner. Um, he was on a front line where nearly every other runner on the front row was 100 to 1, and he had gate speed. And in the end, that was the difference, because Rock Artist, who was second, was terrific in defeat. Got so close, he loomed like he was going to win at the 100, but he'd taken uh, such a long, sustained run uh, from about the 800, he just peaked with a couple of metres to go, and he couldn't get Blake Bolak. Blake Bolak had the barrier draw to suit, a uh, good drive from Jason Lee, just pressing the button at the right time, and he just lasted. So uh, punters were on the money there. Even though Rock Artist started the favourite, Blake Bolak was the best back runner, and, and the draw was uh, was the key difference. Um, they put a big gap on the others. Don Hugo, a stablemate of Rock Artist. Those two horses are prepared by Emma Stewart. Uh, Don Hugo was a long way back in third spot, but was good enough, uh, as were momentum swing Kenley, and he's the one to watch to get through to the final. But... Uh, to be fair, they're probably bit players. It's rather challenging for them. Uh, in what was considered, um, oh, I hate saying this sometimes, but it was probably the weaker of the two semi-finals. All right. The uh, the second race was the four-year-olds Colts and Geldings or the Entires and Geldings. Their first semi, better Eclipse got home dollar fifteen by a head. Yeah, it was a, a narrow winning margin, but he was moving up outside Arden's ace and. To watch the race, and even calling the race, I never felt like he wasn't going to win. He was always up outside of the eventual second horse, but he was never under any significant pressure. One thing Greg Sugars can often do, and I jokingly say it, or tongue-in-cheek, that he does an impersonation of a statue at times when he's in the sulky, such as his confidence, um, that he can just sit there and let the horse glide. And there was a bit of that going on, if you know what I mean. He had confidence his horse was going to win. That's the way I saw it. And even though the margin was narrow, I never felt like 
Remember, he was a dollar fifteen favourite, so it wasn't as if he drew right away and won easily like you'd expect a dollar fifteen favourite to win. But to my eye, he was always going to get the money, and he came through the Inter Dominion series, and I think he's been treated a bit with kit gloves to get through the heat and then the semi final, and he did have a fair bit on his rivals there. So he is now spot on for the grand final, and what a race that is going to be. Arden's ace, on the other hand, flew the gate, led, and gave a terrific sight, as he did the week before. He hasn't won for a long, long time. It's something like 30 starts, uh, but he's in terrific form. He gets a poor draw in the, on the second line uh, in the final on Saturday night, but uh, he'd still be a rough hope in the race. He's going much better. Uh, Gillaby Dynamite was solid again, continues to race well. Uh, Captain Belisario just qualified by running sixth, but he's improving. He had a poor gait. It was a solid run. He'll get better through the prep, but better Eclipse was just simply too good. A, a Group 1 winner, a Miracle Mile place getter, Chariots of Fire winner. Um, he's a top quality horse, and, and to come through, I think the key area for Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars was to get through that grand final with Inter Dominion, because he, he broke in the final round of heats at Geelong, and and then he went into the grand final with a big question mark on him. He actually performed quite well in a race where the speed of the race really zoomed from the 1200 and he, he was back in the ruck and his effort was hidden a little bit, but it was very good. So they had to be careful with him in a long prep for a four-year-old that he gets through both series well, and I think he'll be primed for the grand final. Looking back at uh, Melton the other night, and the two-year-old Colts and Gelding says second semi, the Lost Storm, a dollar thirty favourite, and uh, gee, he's he's just a one out of the box, I think, isn't he? There's no doubt about that, Sean. Uh, he had inside back row draw, but he was off the pegs pretty early. Uh, Mark Pitt was able to whip around, get to the front within the first lap, and he was able to dictate. It was a, it was a dominant win, but, but that of the runner-up perfect class, I think, is a pretty good horse, and he ran particularly well. Um, he had the barrier draw advantage, but still, uh, I think Kieran Manning had the respect to take the trail behind the lost storm when he made his move. Uh, they've drawn similarly in finals on, on Saturday night with perfect class drawn the front row and, and the, the lost storm the back row, but he, uh, he's pretty tough. And what I really liked about him, uh, was the way that he's come through what looked a really tough campaign in the, the Breeders' Crown. If you can remember, he was the horse responsible for running and breaking the track record lead time. And remember, as a two-year-old, so he's run a faster lead time than the, the, the top class horses ever. No horse has ever run faster. And he still won that race, which was extraordinary, but it took a lot out of him. It mm. really flattened him the week later. And he ran third. He got beaten a fair way, but clearly the run took a lot out of him. Well, a bit of a freshen up since then, and he looked a picture the other night. He looked absolutely spot on. Once your eyes uh, caught uh, him getting around doing his preliminaries, there was no doubt that he, he was over the, the hardness of the, that, those last couple of runs, and he raced that way, and he was, uh, he was too good. He's very classy. Uh, perfect class, though. Still... Uh, would be a chance and the best chance to beat him in the, the final on Saturday night with the draws that they have. Um, a few others in the race, little Louis can continue to race well, uh, as did Doug's platter, and I think they've got place chances in the final. But I think the Lost Storm, uh, it's his race to lose. However, Perfect Class deserves the respect uh, to be the one uh, with the best chance to beat him in Saturday night's uh, Group 1. Now, looking to um, the fourth there the other night, the Phillies, three-year-old Phillies, the semi-final. And uh, Emma Stewart and Kate Gaff and Cyphers just got that picket fence continuing. 
Yeah, she's something pretty special. Um, when she gets the good barrier draws, the, the fillies of her same age group, they just can't beat her. Uh, there's been times when she hasn't been able to get them because she's sat wired or had to sit in the death, but she's still gone down fighting in a lot of those races. Um, and uh, the difference is the barrier draw, which just highlights how good she is. She's now strung a sequence of six wins together, and it's probably going to be a big shock if it's not seven after Saturday. Um, but having said that, Relentless Me, who's drawn barrier two, gets out of the gate really good. And Amore Vita found a bit of her mojo winning a later semi-final. But in this race in particular, she was able to work her way to the top. Uh, and, and she did it pretty comfortably. She started $1.04, but as a lot of favourites on the night, you could have got a slightly better price about them. I think she was about a eighteen at one stage. And... You'll see in harness racing a lot. I think I made the call, I think, with you and, uh, and Maddie Nevitt, um, the, a bit of a secret is if you're going to like some of these horses, put your bet and all up on the night before because you'll get those little bit of overs about all those horses. The Lost Storm firmed up, uh, Better Eclipse got shorter, and Cypher got shorter. Even Major Moth, who was my best bet on the night, got shorter. So sometimes you can get a, a, a much better price for your all up with the key chances the night before than on the day. She started uh, $1.04 and she was comfortable all the way, defeating a couple of really nice horses. Beach Life, who's got good gate speed. She's a place chance again in the final, as is another stablemate, Soho Historia. So this is the race that Emma Stewart uh, has, uh, when I say this race, from that first semi-final she had in Cypher, Beach Life, Soho Historia uh, qualify, but all up it is was it eight or nine now? I think I've lost count in the final, but it's quite extraordinary. She's drawn. This is the grand final. Um, she's got five runners on the front line and one, two, three on the back row. So there's, uh, excuse me, eight in the group one final, but Goodness. fair, they're all chasing in cipher. Well, I actually look, she's got 26 runners on Saturday night in total. The logistics must be amazing in well, getting them to the track, preparing them, organising who's going to drive what. I know often it's pattern, the drivers stay on certain horses and so forth, but still a lot of work, isn't there? Oh, no doubt. But this is where they build themselves up to the Breeders' Crown Vic Bread Series, the two- and three-year-olds particularly, and maybe to a lesser degree the four-year-olds, but they've got a very strong hand in their four-year-olds yeah. now. They've probably got one of the best four-year-old stables since Vin Knight had his uh, group of four-year-olds. So... um they put a lot of time and effort, as you would well imagine. Um, they put lofty goals on themselves. This is their night to excel, but they've got the quality of horse to do that, and their records over the last few years, and when I say they, it's it's Clayton, Tonkin, and Emma Stewart, and they do shine, and they work really hard to get those results, and and rightly so. Uh, Saturday night, there were 12 races and 12 group ones. Chatting with uh, Dan Maliki, looking back over the uh, the racing from the Melton the other night, the first semi-final of three old Colts and Geldings. And uh, possibly a bit of an upset here. The, the odds on favour was catch a wave, but uh, he's a son of a gun. 12 bucks, got the money, Dan. Yeah, and this is the defending champion. He's a son of a gun, won uh, the two-year-old division last year. And uh, he'd been going okay, but a couple of lengths off his best. Well, he turned that around to put in one of his career best performances in the semi-final, a 154.6 mile rate leading all the way. And it's easy to say afterwards he gave nothing else a chance, but the favourite catch a wave who 
got out to a dollar fifty in the end. Uh, he was a dollar twenty-five, dollar thirty most of the way through the markets. Um, the, the pace was solid enough. He couldn't really go early, and he made a sustained run. But he was never going to get them catch a wave. And in the end, was probably fortunate that he was able to get through and qualify. Uh, he's a son of a gun, absolutely brilliant. Uh, he gets a decent draw again uh, in the final, but he also. Uh, or catch a wave who ran fifth but qualified, the first six go through. He also has a very good barrier draw, barrier three, and he's got brilliant gate speed. So, and he's drawn underneath. He's the son of a gun in four in the final. So even though catch a wave was beaten as such a short price favorite, I think he's got an opportunity here to turn it around because he's drawn three and he's the son of a gun four. And what shapes up as a ripper three-year-old Colts and Goldings final. Uh, we're back with Dan. We're looking back and, uh, he's Charlie's angel. I spoke with Charlene Gusman yesterday and an emotional win the other night. And she- she just loves this horse. He's named after her dad. Yeah, and he's a very good horse as well. He started off with a big boom on him also. He's Charlie's angel. But at different stages, he, he, he's uh, found it uh, difficult to settle and he can race keenly and uh, it's all starting to come together now. Even the other night, things didn't really work out that well at, at different stages, but he showed how mature the horse has gone. Uh, and also that connection with Charlene, I think that was highlighted. And it was a terrific performance. Uh, it's a great story, terrific interview, and uh, Charlene, um, she only has a small team of horses, and generally from the mare, she's Norma Jean, whom she owns. So this horse, as you would well be aware now, but she she bred, but she, she owns it, she trains it, and she drives it, and it's a, it's a fantastic story. Not that they send out checks anymore, but every check associated with this this horse, she gets, mm-hmm. and uh, and it'll be a big prize if he's able to win, and he's in, the, in terrific form in order to, to win the Group 1. He almost smashed the track record with his first start at Cobram. Yeah, such was the boom on him, and it was a super win. Uh, he really opened up like a good horse. So from day one, uh, we were well aware of how good this horse is and how good he might turn out to be. And uh, as I said, a few races there, he got fired up and he pulled hard. And, you know, he's a big, strong horse. And for a two-year-old, he, 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 they've probably done the right thing with him. Um, he's had a little bit of time. Uh, he matures. He's strengthened up. And I think he's still getting better. He's Charlie's angel. He might be a horse that will graduate to, to the open class the top class uh, from his uh, four-year-old days onwards. He's, uh, he turns four on New Year's Day. So I think some of those top races beckon for him. We've got our next at uh, the Meadows coming up, Major Moth. You love this horse. You think he's a Hunter Cup horse, Dan, and he just flew the other night. Yeah, I do. Uh, he had that long break, injury break, uh, about 12 months off. He's won all three runs back from a spell. Um, each time he's drawn a good gate to, to show some gate speed or sit up on the pace and uh, run home in a very quick last quarter, but it's the way he does it. Uh, you just get the feeling that he's clearly come back better than where he was. We could always relate him to an act now as they went through the Derby series last year, and Major Moth probably went into that series uh, with, a, if you like, a higher ranking than, than Act now. So he had some problems going into it, Major Moth. I've got no doubt that uh, he's at least to the same level of Act now, maybe even better. Act now ran like a tired horse. He's had a long, arduous campaign, and he, he uh, performed poorly, but Major Moth's on the up, and, and I think that he will be a, a Grand Circuit quality horse. I think the Hunter Cup would well and truly be on his radar or, or any big race for that matter. 
His runner-up, Naratak Prince, was terrific. Idyllic uh, was also a good run and, and act now fourth. In fact, Emma Stewart had five runners here and they ran one, two, three, four and five to qualify for the final. Mm. But I am, I, I'm not a fan of moths, as you well know. I don't <laughs> mind other insects, but I hate moths, but I'm uh, infatuated with this one. All right. The uh, three-year-old fillies, Amore Vita, uh, tipped out the, uh, the favourite pedal on from the stable. Yeah, she hadn't won for a while. She's another one, a bit like he's the son of a gun, needed to find uh, their mojo. And um, she, her last couple of runs have been good, and, and her performance the other night was excellent. She sustained a run. It was a confident drive from Chris Alpha to let her get rolling at about the 800, and she was able to win and draw right away. It was good to see Amore Vita. Uh, going back at the, the start of the year, I would have rated her as the best uh, of the three-year-old fillies going around, but she went to Brisbane and it went a bit pear-shaped. It's as if she lost three or four lengths, and I'm not even saying she's at her top just yet, but she's picked up a couple of lengths, and it was a good win over Petiant. Uh Talk time was excellent from the back, and even Star Celebrity was another eye-catcher, but Amore Vita puts her hand up now and says, in cipher, watch out, I'm mm. back. Uh, Sweet Bella did the job nicely. It was a dollar twenty, and uh, you'd expect it to win, but it did do a nice job. Yeah, she, she'd come from nowhere. This is her first prep. She's only had the three starts. She's won them all. Uh, she's won them like a pretty smart horse. And she's a horse, a two-year-old filly that's on the up. A lot of others have come through Breeders' Crown campaigns, have had a lot more race experience, but they might be getting tired towards the end of the year. And Sweet Bella's taking advantage of that. Trained by Emma Stewart, driven by Mark Pitt. Uh, she looks like a really good quality racehorse. And she is still on the up. So she's got... Uh, more upside going through to the final uh, than uh, a lot of her rivals. She got a bad gate in the final. She's drawn barrier seven, so that's going to make it interesting. Um, but uh, Tequila Delight, the horse that ran second, also is on the way up. That was only her second start. Still green, does things wrong, but is very progressive, uh, and she can continue to improve. So coming out of that, uh, I think Sweet Bella and Tequila Delight can still uh, perform well and have a really good say in, in the in the two-year-old Phillies final. All right. Now, also in the uh, two-year-old Phillies, Joyful, that was a nice win, $1.05, but it got the job done as well. And it's put about four together. Yeah, that's right. And only four runs for Emma Stewart, swapped mm. stables, and has uh, just gone to another level. It was a... It was a dominant win. Oh, look, I'm not overly taken that she will win the final. I think she's going to be very hard to beat. I, I think it balances out with the barrier draws to advantage her to a degree, but there's plenty of others that have got uh, really good chances in the race. Mark Pitt has chosen to drive Joyful instead of Sweet Bella, so he gets that um, as a result. Uh, the better barrier uh, draw for Joyful, and she will be very hard to beat. Uh, she did it comfortably, defeating Soho Serafina, who was a really good drive for Michael Stanley. He put her into the race to make sure she qualified, and she stuck to her task well, and I thought Perfect in Pink was very good as well. They came home in very quick quarters, last quarter of 26-6, so uh, nothing was really able to make enough ground, uh, and Joyful may well be driven the same way, and she's going to be very hard to beat. There's no doubt about that, but I think there are a few others that I wouldn't be afraid to have have something on in the final. And Tough Tilly is tough, and Doug's paid. They uh, completed the last two. Tough Tilly was fantastic. What a highlight she's provided on a number of mm. occasions. She didn't start favourite there, which was a bit of a head-scratcher to a degree. Tay-Tay's a very good horse, uh, but Tough Tilly got out to the price where even Tay-Tay supporters would have wanted to back Tough Tilly. And she just had that will to win at the top of the straight. It's as if, you know, I could see her eyes and I thought, she doesn't want to lose this one. And she just rallied and she got the better of Tay-Tay to win. Uh, she is very good, lives up to her name, Tough Tilly, and she's uh, beaten Tay-Tay. 
Tay and be very hard to beat in the final. And likewise, Doug's Babe. Doug's Babe, she got a race without Tough Tilly and Ladies in Red and Co. And she dominated from the front. And I understand it might be a last run uh, here before going to America. And she gets a decent gate in the final. And it's her chance to be able to turn the tables on a Tough Tilly. Uh, she was very good, Doug's Babe. So that four-year-old final has uh, turned out to be a ripper race. All right. Good on you, Dan. We look forward to catching up.